Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and soon to be a certified brain rewiring coach. We're going to be talking about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing for the Lady Climber. You can learn more about me and the services I offer over at ladybetacoaching.com and over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I am really excited to be sharing my business journey with you. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about the places that I have worked, kind of how I got to this place that I am now, what my business looked like when I first started, and what it looks like now. I'm also going to be doing and answering some Q&As that were sent in via Instagram. I'm super excited about this. This is going to be more of a chill, less formal style podcast. Most of the time, I have notes written down for everything, but for this one, we're just freestyling it. So super excited to dive in. With my business kind of getting started, please keep in mind this is this is a very long journey. Nothing happened overnight. It was really all of the things that I've been doing in my life kind of culminated and brought me to where I am right now. It was like I never had any clue. Like whenever anybody asked me, oh, what do you want to do? Or like, oh, what are you going to use your degree for? Psst, I have two degrees, um, which clearly I'm not using, but I just, I never knew. I never feel like I fit in. I never stayed at a job for very long. And it always felt like I was just like struggling and fighting. And it was just like, it was so out of alignment. Like that's the only way that I can explain it. And the reason that it felt so bad is because I was not meant to do what I was doing. And it was the universe, like literally trying to push me and make me as uncomfortable as possible so that I would wake the fuck up and start actually stepping into what I was meant to do, which is what I do right now. So for me, I think kind of where it starts is, okay, yes, I got into climbing. That was like pretty, pretty shortly after that, I decided like, yes, this is going to be a huge part of my life, you know, kind of like everybody else, like, how can I climb the most that I can? And, you know, what's a job that's going to allow me to take time off? And what I realized being in the workforce is it's not that I can't take direction. I just don't want to. It has always been my visceral reaction to things. When people ask me to do things, I just my immediate response and reaction is no. Like I, whatever it is, even if it makes sense, I just, I cannot do it. And I think that for me, like it just comes back to control and I never want to feel like I'm being controlled and having a, a, a normal job to me, it felt awful. It was something that I dreaded. It like, I remember the last job that I had, and I'm going to go into this more, but the last job that I had, When I got hired, I literally, I felt like my life was ending because I was like, great, well, now I work 40 hours a week for somebody else. And it just felt like I was giving up on myself um, and kind of just like succumbing to what society wanted. And just, I was just like shoving myself into this little box that they create when you're in elementary school. You know, it's like, oh, go to school, do the homework, take the test, like do it this standardized way. And I just like, I never have fit into that. So for me, it started really after I decided climbing was going to be a really big part in my life. And my senior year of college, I, you know, I had no idea what I was going to do after I graduated. Everybody was like, well, you're getting a degree in political science. Maybe you should go to law school. And I was like, have you met me? No, thank you. Um, We're good here. I don't want to go to school for another, what, three years. Um, It just did not sound 
like the path that I wanted to go on. School for me, it wasn't necessarily something I wanted to do. It was something I felt like I had to do to kind of be successful um, in our society these days. And yes, I am glad that I went and I'm, I'm pretty sure I learned a lot. <laughs> I probably learned how to uh, write really well, which serves me greatly now. Um, I learned how to make connections between things. And for me, I just learned that, you know, I, I do really well in a position and in a job where I can be really creative and, you know, tap into that more language side of my brain where I do writing and reading and it's not all, you know, like application based. So after my or during my senior year of um, college, I was like, okay, well, you know, I really like training. It's super fun for me. Um, I love coming up with my own training plans to get better at climbing. I really like, you know, competing still. It's just, you know, I couldn't see much more beyond that. And for me, that's kind of a really common theme in my life is like, I, I have no fucking clue what the future looks like. I think maybe a lot of people can see that for themselves. They're like, oh, I have like my one, two, five, ten year plan. I'm like, what? I don't even know what I'm doing next week. So for me, I just couldn't see it. So the logical kind of next step for me was to, okay, I'm going to become a certified personal trainer and maybe hopefully I can work with people and kind of be in the fitness arena because I just really love working out. It's super fun. Um, not only was I climbing, I have a swimming background. So I've always been involved in sports to some degree. I got really into weightlifting. So for me, that was kind of the first step. And just by the way, the personal training exam, that was the hardest test I've ever taken, ever. Um, and I went with ACE. So there's um, a couple of different ones that people can go with, but the one that I did was ACE. And I just remember that test being like the hardest thing. And after that, I graduated college and I moved to Spokane to work at a climbing gym at the front desk. Um, eventually, I started route setting there as well. But I just, I really was lost. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I wasn't sure where that personal training certificate was going to fit into there. I kind of did the typical thing where I was like, yeah, okay, I'll write, you know, plans for my friends and kind of see where that goes. Um, I was actually offered a management position at like kind of a chain gym, one of those 24-hour ones that are open all the time. Um, I turned that down. It just like did not feel right. And I wanted to stay in the climbing industry. And after working at that gym in Spokane for about a, a year, I think a little bit more than a year, um, I had actually been applying to jobs at different places in the country. And I had applied to this job in Illinois. And I got accepted and got hired as the head route setter at a very large gym, Vertical Endeavors in Glendale Heights. So I packed up. I moved all my shit out there. And I was so bushy-tailed, bright-eyed. I was like, oh my gosh, I have all this, you know, responsibility being the head route setter. I'm a female, you know, what crew am I going to inherit because they already had gyms there. Um, and of course, all the route setters there were males. So it was just like a lot of anxiety and a lot of like, oh my gosh, what is this going to look like? Um, I was also expected to be a manager of the gym as well, one of the managers, and it was just a lot. Um, I'm glad that it happened though, because I think for me, it really taught me, you know, what I did and didn't want. I do not like to micromanage people. So that management part of things. Well, yes, I do like being in control. I do like having, you know, more autonomy. I don't necessarily want to keep tabs on other people. So for me, that's a really big lesson that I learned. And 
you know, with that, I just, it just wasn't a right fit for me. So started applying for jobs again and wound up in Salt Lake City working at the front. Um, I worked full time there for about a year. And that was when I really realized like, holy shit, route setting, this is really hard. Um, and up until that point, like every, every single job I had felt so hard. It was, it was all just a struggle. It was so difficult. And if that's how you're feeling right now, like it does not have to be that way. Like your job can feel really fulfilling. It can feel really good for you. And it can feel like something that you're, you're doing something greater in the world and not that route setting isn't, but it just like, it doesn't have to be so damn hard all the time. But for me, really realizing like, okay, yeah, maybe not the route setting thing. Um, I broke my ankle shortly after that, had emergency surgery and, you know, was out of the climbing for a while. Can't really do that in a boot for the first couple of weeks. Um, Really took some time and was like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? And actually ended up moving to Austin, Texas to be the head route setter at the Crux Climbing Gym there. Um, And that was a really good experience too, because again, I, all of these are just helping me learn like what I do and don't want and helping me get more clarity on what ultimately I wanted to do with my life. And being in Austin, I realized, like, I don't think I want to route set anymore. Like, it's it's making me not hate climbing, but it certainly was taking the fun out of it. Um, you know, I was tired all the time. Even on the weekends, I was like, well, I want to recover so that next week I can set well. Um, but I also want to go climbing. Like, it's just, you know, <laughs> how do you choose between the two? And then I was worried I was going to get injured. And again, it just like, it wasn't the right fit for me. So I ended up moving back to Spokane. And at that point in time, I worked at just one last and final gym um, in the city. And that was the last time that I've route set, which is really crazy. It's been a couple of years since I've picked up a drill and done anything with that. But and it was a big passion of mine. Like it still is. I love route setting. I think it's incredible. It's an art and it's one of the most fun things that I've done. And it's really rewarding to watch people climb your problems. Um, but the thing that I really liked was setting for competitions and setting for kids and really giving them that opportunity to say like, hey, yes, a short female set this for you, not some like six foot six tall dude. Um, and I just, I really got a lot of joy out of that. But, you know, kids competitions don't happen all the time. So I think for me, it was just a big realization that like, all right, like we need to find something else to do. So I actually... Throughout that entire time, I'd really been struggling with like my health and my digestion. And it was always something just in the back of my mind. I'm like, why do I always have stomach aches? Like, why are these things always kind of wrong with me? Like, you know, do do other people have these? Like, do other people not have energy or do they have brain fog? So for me, kind of the answer there was like, okay, well, I'm going to learn more as much as I can about nutrition. And for me, that looked like becoming a certified health coach. So I took the year-long program. It was online. Um, That test wasn't nearly as hard as the uh, certified personal trainer exam, but it was a year-long commitment. It was essentially like going back to school, did everything online, it was an entire year long with, you know, modules, homework every single week and trying to keep up with that. And at that time, I was working full time as well. I worked at a gear shop for a little bit. And then my last job, I worked as a manager at a grocery store in the vitamins department. So I got to kind of use some of that knowledge that I had. And again, being in a management role, which I liked, you know, me I, me working for other people, it's just, it's not a thing. It's not going to happen. It's not in my nature. But that role, I did not have to micromanage as much. It was actually really good, and it allowed me to be stable enough to start to explore what I wanted to do. And, you know, I've thought about this a lot, and I don't know how I got so damn lucky, because 
Essentially, the opportunity to start my business fell in my fucking lap. Um, My first business coach, she actually sent me a message on Instagram. She sent me a DM and I don't remember how we started talking, but eventually I ended up telling her like, yeah, I'm really unhappy in my job. Like, I really just want to be able to work for myself. I don't know what capacity that's going to look like, but it's always just been a dream of mine to, you know, try to make it work. You know, essentially the goal was to work from home and to work for myself. Like, those are the only things that I knew that I wanted. And, you know, she was like, well, good thing. I do exactly that with all of my clients. And for me, it was it was really scary, but I knew I was going to do it. The second that her and I got on a call, I knew I was going to say yes. And I knew that that was going to change my life. Um, so we started working together. I literally gave her all of the money in my bank account. <laughs> I was like, you know what? If this doesn't work, at least I fucking tried. And I can't sit here and take that victim mentality anymore and really say like, oh, this is happening to me. I hate my job. I I don't like what I'm doing and just like sitting in that suck. And if that's you right now, like you have choices, you have options, please know that. Things are not happening to you, they're happening for you. You have to be able to see that and kind of reframe that mindset into like, okay, yes, this shit thing is happening in my life right now, but how can I change that into where I'm stepping out of that victim mentality and into the greater, bigger picture? You know, what is the, what is this meant to teach me? What is the universe trying to fucking tell me right now? And why am I not listening? Um, because if you don't listen, if the universe is trying to nudge and push you into a certain path and you are not listening, it's just going to get louder. It's going to push you harder and it's going to feel really uncomfortable until you are in alignment with what you're supposed to do. So for me, the manager at a grocery store, that position really allowed me to be stable for a period of time to where I could work full time and then also work on my business on the side. And I'm not saying that's ideal. That's a shit ton of work, you know, to to tackle at the same time is to work 40 plus hours a week and then go home and also try to rock climb. Um, Climbing right then was certainly not a priority. You know, more important to me was like, how can I build my business so that I can have the freedom later in life? and really create something very financially stable and very rewarding. And for me, being able to take a couple of months and really focus on both of those at the same time, it demanded a lot of organization. And I feel like I really rose to the challenge. You know, every single call that my business coach and I had, I did everything she fucking asked. Every single thing. She was like, do this. And I was like, wow, that's really uncomfortable. I do not want to go message anybody on Instagram. No, please don't make me. And I was like, you know what? What's more uncomfortable? Me staying at working at a grocery store or DMing somebody on Instagram and maybe they see your, you know, your message and ignore it. Well, you know what? We're going to go with that one because I cannot handle staying where I'm at any longer. I could not do it. I did every single thing she asked. I got on Instagram stories. I put my face on there. I went live and it was terrifying. Those first couple of months, I was constantly uncomfortable. I sent emails, people unsubscribed, people blocked me. Like, I did what it took in order to get to where I am now. And I am so proud of myself for doing that because it's not easy to put yourself out there. It is not easy to say, hey, here are the things that I'm offering and here's why you need it. It's not easy. But just remember, if you're kind of worried about that, like unless other people are in the arena doing that with you, their opinions do not matter. Lions are not concerned with the opinions of sheep. I told myself that many, many 
many times. And it was very helpful to me just to remember, you know, nobody else is doing what I'm doing. And the first couple of months, um, I got, you know, a couple clients. I put out my first couple of offers. The first thing that I ever did was create custom training plans for people. And <laughs> it's so crazy to think about my prices and what they were then and what they're, they are now. Um, I charge about five times as much as I did when I first started. But, you know, that's what happens when you start to scale your business and you get people really good results and you start to really see the transformation and the value that you're providing allows you to help raise those prices. And I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see climbing coaches make or anybody that works with climbers is they do not charge enough. And when you don't charge enough, the people that are paying for your services are not going to take it seriously. You must pay in order to get a transformation. So really making sure that your prices are reflectant of the time that you're putting in because when you start to work for yourself, you're no longer trading dollars for hours. So you cannot just be charging a bare minimum amount and expect that to work. And a lot of it too is confidence. So for me, the reason that I charge more is because I know if you work with me, you're gonna get fucking amazing results. So it's really, really important to make sure that your pricing is in place. And sure, in the beginning, maybe you do a little, you know, things for free, but do not get stuck in that place where you're offering free things. So important. You must charge for your services. There must be a transaction in order to get a transformation because think about the time and energy that you put into something when it's free. You know, think about all the fucking freebies you've you've signed up for, you've gotten what have they done for you? It's the same thing when you're offering your own services for free. So you have to charge for them. And since I'm not taking one-on-one -on -one climbing clients anymore, the way that you can work with me to help improve your climbing is through my training programs. So I have three amazing options on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. And the first one is going to be my six-week hangboard program. That is my baby. I love this program so much. It utilizes weighted max hangs to help you get iron strong fingers. Seriously, this is something that I keep coming back to, especially when I want to start getting super strong and get in shape for climbing season this is going to help you get so wicked strong and with that there's also included kettlebell workouts core workouts you know I wouldn't be me without my core workouts the next program is going to be send strong so this is my body weight conditioning program so for those of you that do not have access to any equipment or maybe you just have a hangboard at home but this program uses your body weight so you don't need any equipment no tools nothing else just your body you're good to go it utilizes hit style work Workout, so that's high intensity interval training and it is effective omg you will feel the burn you are going to get in really good shape if you do this program i've gotten such amazing feedback on it and this has been such a favorite from my audience and i love this program it was so fun to create and it was such a blast to see how well it was received so the last program is going to be strong through this season. So this is my isometrics based training program. This one is five weeks long. And the really cool thing about training and using isometric exercises is that not only are you going to help to prevent injuries, but you're also going to avoid overtraining and you're going to be a lot more effective and efficient with your time. So each of the workouts in strong through the seasons 
is about an hour long. Yes, an hour long, three times a week, that's all you need to get stronger. So this is really great if you're already climbing in the gym or outside, this can be used in conjunction with that. And I honestly, like it's so hard to pick between the three programs, but if you have a hangboard only, go with the six week hangboard program. If you have no equipment at all, or maybe you're just climbing and you don't wanna, you know, potentially overtrain, I would go with the isometrics program. And if you are really looking for some super sweaty, super hard workouts, send strong, the body weight conditioning, that's gonna be your jam. And you can take 15% off any of these programs using the code podcast, all one word, at checkout on my website. And slowly I was able to start raising my prices and I launched my first actual program and I wanted to really combine all of the things that I had learned and really seen that were huge struggles for climbers. So, you know, obviously things like training, that's a really big struggle for a lot of people, but I knew there was more than that. Mindset is a huge one. Nutrition, you know, that's that's my background and that's the things. I really wanted to create this holistic program for people that, yes, you get a training plan, but you get so much more than that. So for me, you know, I had no idea if it was going to work or not. I had no idea if anybody was even going to sign up. It was terrifying. I remember doing my first free five-day challenge, which holy shit, that is a long time. That's a lot of effort, a lot of energy. And at the end of it, I was exhausted. And I had a couple of people sign up for the program, but certainly not as many as I thought would have. And right then and there, like I almost gave up and it was so hard to keep going. And just knowing like, okay, great. After that challenge, I thought, you know, okay, I built it. They're going to come. No, no, that is not how it works. You keep showing up. You keep talking about it. You DM people that are interested. Like there's all of these different steps that it's like just these new levels of discomfort that I had to keep going through, even though I was like, oh, I thought I was over this. I thought I didn't have to be uncomfortable anymore. And with that, I'm so glad that I kept going and I was actually able to get more people signed up and I was able to quit my job. Um, so I put my two week notice in. So I spent about three months from August, September to October working full time at the grocery store and also working on my, at the time, my side hustle that became my, my actual hustle. And I was able to replace my income the first month that I actually started promoting my product products and services. So I replaced my income from my full-time job. And for me, I was like, okay, let's see if we can do it again next month. And then, okay, if after that, then I'm going to consider putting in my two weeks because, you know, it's a quote, stable (laughs) and really good job. And my parents were kind of like, what the fuck are you thinking? You're not going to go do that out by yourself. Um, And they, I mean, sometimes they still ask me, they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm great. I'm good. Doing much better now that I don't work at a grocery store. Um, And that's not to say, you know, I'm not knocking anybody. If that's the position you're in, you have to do what you have to do, you know? And in order to get to that next step, maybe that's working at a grocery store. Maybe it's working at a gym. Maybe it's doing something that you don't really love right now, but the end goal is greater than that. So at that point in time, I was able to quit my job and, you know, throughout this time I was working with a business coach and I think that that's the most important thing to kind of remember is that I was not doing this alone. Um, My business coach and I, we met every week. I had continual support from her. I talked to her all the time, asked her all my questions and I really think that's a big difference that a lot of people maybe don't take into account or they don't see because it's more, you know, it's like behind the scenes work that I was doing and it's so easy to say, 
say like, oh, wow, she's been really successful. Like, it just looks so easy for her. It was not easy. Um, you know, I, I've paid a lot of money for my business coaches. Um, and I've paid more than I would have made <laughs> the entire year working at the grocery store for business coaching. So with that in mind, just knowing like, you do not have to do this alone. I would highly not recommend doing it alone. Um, I think if I would have tried to do it alone, I would probably still be only making maybe a couple hundred dollars a week. Like it just would not be a good situation. So I'm so happy that I took that leap and invested in myself and took honestly took a chance on myself because for me to invest that much money and say like, I believe in myself so fucking much that I know I'm gonna do whatever I can to make it work. Like that's that's legitimately what helped me, you know, do what I am doing now and what helped me rise up to the occasion, essentially. So at that point in time, so this is around December, I came out with my first passive program. So my six-week hangboard program um, and was super excited about that. That actually didn't do as well as I had wanted it to. Um, so kind of like that first, the first couple months of my business going full-time, you know, I did okay. Um, I definitely made more money than I would have at working at the grocery store, but it wasn't, I knew I wasn't reaching my potential. And I set a lot of intentions around January to really ramp things up and like, again, get into that discomfort. I'm like, great, what sounds fucking scary? Let's do that. And for me, I relaunched my one-on-one -on -one program. Then it was called Elevate. I came up with that great name. I was so excited about it. And January was a really good time because a lot of people, you know, at the beginning of the year are looking to get more fit or they're looking to do a big life change or they just, you know, they know they need to do something different to get different results. So that was really good timing there. So my business really blew up in January 2020 and I'm so thankful that it did. Um, so from there, I've been able to do more passive programs. I've been able to do a mindset specific program as well. That was back in March. That was amazing right when the quarantine first happened. And after that, so let's say around April, I kind of knew that something else was nagging at me and it was time to kind of start transitioning into, okay, I think I'm pretty good at this business thing. Um, you know, I've made a decent amount of money from it and I really, like, I love it. Like, I'm obsessed. I listen to business podcasts, read business books. Like, I'm fucking, I love it. And it's not that I don't love climbing or climbing training. It's just, it's not that same thing as like, helping other people build their businesses like that I really believe is my true calling. So I kind of put the call out there. I was a, I was really nervous at first to even start talking about how successful I had been with my own business because I was afraid of the judgment. I didn't know what people were going to say or think. And I honestly don't think it's common at all with climbing coaches. Like I, I don't know many coaches that are, well, financially as successful as I am. And I was like, well, am I, am I doing something wrong? Like what, like, why is it, you know, working so well for me? Like, do I even deserve this? You know, a lot of doubt, a lot of imposter syndrome came up for me then, but I knew that for me, it was really helping other people build their businesses. That was the thing that I really, I needed to do. Like that for me was alignment. And after that point, I was able to run a group business coaching program. There were amazing women in there, four amazing ladies that I was able to help them build their businesses as well. And it's just something that's been a huge passion of mine ever since. And throughout then, so I've ab been able to stop taking one-on-one -on -one climbing clients. So 
the way that you scale a business is you cannot work with everybody one-on-one all the time because you're you are trading those dollars for hours you know you only have so many hours in the week so looking to do things like group programs that's how you start to scale because you can get more people in the programs it's going to be at a reduced price for them and it's going to take up less time so for me i was able to transition just about everything that i was doing into group programs and i do have some one-on-one business clients right now but i don't really take on any new climbing clients um and for me right now that's really working it might change in the future i might decide hey i actually want to get back into this and for me i'm so lucky that i've been able to pivot back and forth um, because honestly i have so much passion for both of these things and i'm speaking to usually two completely different audiences um, when i'm speaking about business and when i'm speaking about climbing so it's been a really great fun thing for me to be able to do And for me, my business looks a lot different than it did even a couple of months ago. Um, A couple months ago, I was working really closely with people one-on-one in Elevate, my VIP clients. And I just realized, you know, like, I I don't want to, I'm saying the same things. This needs to all be in a group program format. This all needs to be somewhere where people can access it and listen to it. And I'm not sitting here spending six hours a week saying the exact same thing to people. You know, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to them when they could get it in a better format that's cheaper for them. So I'm so thankful to be able to do what I do. And seriously, like it, I, my life has changed so much even in the last year. Like I feel so incredibly lucky to do what I am doing. And I want you to know, like, it's fucking possible for you too. I am not special. I am not particularly gifted at anything. I am terrible at math. So thank God I have an accountant. But just know that like if you're in this place where you're like, I kind of want to like do something like that. Let me be your inspiration. Let me be the expander for you and show you what's possible. Let me be the activator for you to get you started. This is what I was meant to do. I was meant to help other people grow their businesses because the world needs more climbing coaches. The world needs more good coaches. Let me say that. And this is the way that we become more inclusive. You know, if there are people out there that want a climbing coach, they deserve to have one. Like, it does not matter if you just started climbing or if you've been climbing for 10 years. It doesn't matter if you want to focus on things like strength training or maybe campusing or maybe it's technique. Like, there should be a coach for you. If you want to focus on mindset, brain rewiring, like, there, all of these amazing coaches have specific niches and they're able to speak directly to who they want to work with. You know, one coach should not be your one-stop shop. It should not be like, wow, they have everything because if they have everything, they probably don't, you know, they're, they're not specific enough to actually help you get to that next level. So with that, let's dive into some of the questions. I love, love, love answering business questions. I'm so excited about this. So the first one, I actually got two questions that are kind of asking the same thing, was about attracting target audience and using social media well. And let's go ahead and tackle that first part. Um, So attracting target audience. So first of all, you need to know what your target audience is. So this is essentially called your ideal client avatar. And your ideal client avatar is, I I would write this down, honestly. You know, what age are they? What sex are they? Are they, you know, men, women, non-binary? Like, where do they live? What do they do? Like, you need to get as specific as possible. How old are they? What hobbies do they enjoy? What do they spend their money on? And probably one of the most important, it's like the million dollar question, what do they struggle with? What is their number one biggest struggle that they are potentially willing to pay you for? So getting super, super clear on that. Like if you don't know who you're serving, that's that's the biggest issue. So once you do that, then again, 
business is not a build it and they will come. Not in the beginning, certainly not. So you will need to go on Instagram. You'll need to find those people out. You know, maybe it's through hashtags, maybe it's word of mouth. Like you actively need to work on bringing people into your business if that's something that you're interested in. Like in order to have that build it and they will come kind of format, you need to first go out and find the right people for your audience. So the next part of that question was using social media well. And for me, I don't I don't necessarily believe in balance. I, I just don't know if that's a thing. I think some days you're going to be on social media more and other days you're not going to be on it as much. And for you, just remembering like when you get on social media, what's the intent? Are you just scrolling? Are you actively trying to find those ideal client avatars and you're following them? You're you know, connecting with them, you're DMing them, you're, you know, liking their photos, whatever it is, like if it's intentional and you're using it kind of like to grow your business, you're on there creating content that people can learn from, that they can share. I think for me, that's really rewarding. I love creating, you know, helpful resources and posts for people. And that's kind of the difference is like, are you just on social media because you don't know what you're doing on there and you're kind of just like, you don't have a point. So it's like, can we get you clear and focused and know who your target audience is? And then you can go start interacting with them. Like, don't waste your time on people that are not your target audience if that's, you know, what, if you want to grow a business using social media. The next question I got was, how do you find your niche in the industry? And I love, love, love this question because I want to ask you, like, what are you good at? What things have you overcome in your life that you could potentially help other people overcome? Maybe it's something like fear of falling. Maybe it's not being able to build muscle mass. Maybe it's, you know, being afraid of being dynamic. Like, what are the things that you can help other people do? And that's really going to help you niche down and get specific because if you're trying to talk to everybody, you're effectively going to be talking to nobody. So for me, I've had so many people message me and be like, okay, I think you're in my brain. Like, how did you know you're in my head? And for me, I know I'm doing a good job because I've been there before. I've overcome that thing and I can speak directly to it. So also think of the things that you really like to do. Like what interests you? You know, if you have zero interest in nutrition, probably going to rule that one out. And again, do not feel like you have to do everything. The more specific you are, the better. So for me, I want to be known as like the 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 climbing coach. Like I am the climbing coach that people come to when they want to grow their businesses. When people want to do brain rewiring for climbing or for their business, they come to me. So I'm not trying to serve everybody. I also only work with women. And for me, it was really scary to kind of like cut out, you know, essentially 50% of climbers. And I was like, wow, I just, I just don't think that, you know, I'm I'm so afraid I'm going to lose potential clients. But again, if you're trying to speak to everybody, you're not speaking to anybody. And I've had so many women come up to me and thank me for creating this space for them. So think of the things that are already happening in the industry and then think of the gaps. Where are the gaps? Where are the problems? Where are the populations that are not being served? And what are the issues there? So next question is going to be coach imposter syndrome. So this gal doesn't feel like she climbs that hard. So that really messes with her head. And for me, I I can definitely relate to this. This is something that I really struggled with because it's like, oh my God, I don't climb 514. You know, I haven't climbed 513 in a couple of years. I, I don't climb V10. Like there's all of these things that I kept saying to myself. I was like, oh my God, I just... 
I just don't think that people are going to find me an authority. You know, if I don't climb hard, like, what are people going to think? And for me, I j- it really just came down to, you know what? I've overcome some pretty significant things within my own climbing, and I think other people are struggling with this too. And I did a lot of what is called market research to ask questions about what people are struggling with. And that way I knew, okay, fuck yeah, I struggle with that too. I can speak to that. I can help you overcome this. So for you, thinking of the things that like, what are the things that I've overcome? What are things that I feel like I'm particularly good at? Focus on those things. And also remember like the professional climbers, they're really good at climbing. They might not be really great at coaching. So it's like, you can be the best climber in the world, but does that mean that you're going to be a great coach? Definitely not. The thing that makes a good coach is the ability to support people, the ability to hold space for people, the ability to ask the hard questions, and the ability to fucking be there, to check in, to see how things are going. So also thinking like if you're so consumed by your own climbing and you're just like trying to get better all the time, trying to always just focus on climbing, you're going out all the time and you're barely spending any time on your potential clients, like that's not going to go over so well either. Next question is important stuff like taxes, bookkeeping, retirement, and how not to be afraid of it. Yes, this is 100%. It is such a big topic. And I'm not going to lie, I am not the expert on any of these things, which is why I hired people to do this for me. So you can hire an accountant. Um, For me, I have a gal here locally that I work with, and she specializes in online entrepreneurs. So for me, that's a really great thing um, because she's going to know what to write off. She's going to know, you know, how to really maximize things for me. So 100%, if you do not like doing it, if you do not feel like it is a good use of your time, please outsource it. So for me, I want to be in my zone of genius, which is creating content, which is recording content. Like that's that's what I love doing. I love being on group coaching calls. I want to spend my time and energy there. I do not want to be doing my taxes. Um, staring at numbers is my own personal hell. So absolutely, like I know, yes, it's an expense, but like, please hire somebody else to do that. You're gonna, you're gonna be so much happier and you're actually gonna make so much more money because you're gonna be able to focus on your zone of genius and you're gonna be able to work on things that move the needle forward in your business. Doing your taxes and bookkeeping yourself does not move the needle forward for you. So things like retirement. So I would also ask your accountant on that as well or get a financial advisor. That's something that's gonna be really helpful along with, and this wasn't part of the question, but also, insurance. So if you're taking people outside, you're going to need specific insurance for this. It's so, so important that you do not take people outside if you are not insured to do so. You never know what could happen. And the last thing you want is your brand new baby business to be potentially vulnerable in that way. So the same thing also goes with being legally protected. So you want to have things like contracts, binding agreements, things that don't hold yourself liable. There's a lot of things that go into this. And I don't want this to be like, oh my gosh, I can't even get started without doing any of these things. But just keep in mind when you're working for yourself, you are the one that has to take care of those things. Your employer, you don't have one anymore. So they're not going to be able to do it for you. So next question is how I scaled my business after my first slash couple clients. And so I did talk a lot about, you know, kind of my process, how I got to where I'm at now. And also I wanted to address in this question, it was definitely not after my first few or couple clients. It took me months. It took me a long ass time. I was working with at one point six 
15 different one-on-one clients. That is 16 hours a week I was on Zoom calls with people. So for me, once I realized, okay, I'm saying the same information over and over again. I had four calls in one day where I told, you know, I really went into depth about fear of falling. We talked about the same things. I knew at that point it was time for me to create a resource for that, that could go into a group format or group setting. And so if you find yourself kind of repeating the same things over and over, your clients are having similar issues, that's when you can start to scale things. But it is important to start out one-on-one because you need to know what people struggle with first. Because sure, you can have an inkling because maybe you struggled with it, but it's so important to actually hear it from your clients' mouths and really see, okay, what can I create resources around that would be helpful to people that kind of encompass everything that they are struggling with? Okay, next question. How to be brave enough to quit working for others? How to know when to quit? This is an excellent question. And it is it is an act of bravery. It's not easy to go against the status quo and say, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I want to be solely, solely dependent for bringing in my income. It is not easy. It's, it's, it's terrifying, honestly. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say, like, I had a ton of panic attacks when I first quit. And I'd stay up, you know, late and be like, what did I just do? Oh my God, (laughs) my life, what am I doing with my life? And for me, I just had to keep reminding myself like it was more worth it for me to feel that way than it was to maybe return back to the grocery store. Like it was more worth it for me to have almost that pressure to succeed versus I cannot spend another day working for somebody else. So how to know when to quit if you have some income from your business or you're maybe you have some clients, think about how much more money and how many more clients you could be serving if you had 40 more hours a week. So, you know, I don't want to say like, oh, put yourself in a very vulnerable position with that. Like, I think there's a certain point in time, you know, between waiting and maybe setting a, a potential quit date and not just doing it right away. You know, it's like you can be very impulsive and you totally can just do that, but making sure that yes, maybe you do have a little bit of savings in case anything happened. But for me, like I think I quit and I only had like a maybe a couple thousand dollars in my bank account and the thing the thing about it is I just believed in myself so fucking much and I just I knew, you know, it was this or it was nothing. Like it was I was going to make this work. There was no plan B. It was not like, oh, I'm going to go back to the grocery store if this fails. It was like, this is not failing. So what do I need to do to ensure that this does not fail? Okay, last question around content planning. So with content planning, this is something that I actually like to do every Sunday, um, either afternoon or night. I really think about, hey, what am I going to be talking about this week? Am I launching every anything? Am I, do I have a specific focus? Um, am I going to be coming up with anything soon? What would be helpful for people? What questions have I gotten this week? So for me with content planning, um, I really do like to schedule it around my launches. So for me currently, I'm going to be creating an amazing Oh, I'm so excited about this. Can you tell I have the passion in my voice when I talk about business? Um, I'm coming out with a self-directed business in a box. Yep, you can start from step A and build your entire business from this program, you know, at your own pace, at your own speed. You're going to have all of the resources right there online in front of you. I'm so excited about this. So for me, all of my content that I'm going to be planning needs to be around this. It needs to be around this one central focal point. You know, sure, I'll talk a little bit about nutrition or maybe I'll talk about mindset because those are things that are still important to me, but it always comes back to business. How do these things that I'm talking about relate back to business? How can I connect these dots and, you know, keep this focus on the thing that I want to be doing? 
So I hope this was really helpful for you. I love talking business and it's just something that lights me up so much and something I feel so strongly about. There needs to be better coaches in the industry. We need people that give a shit and really, really care about their clients. We need people that are good at what they do. We need different aspects of climbing. You know, for me, I can't do it all. I'm not going to be the go-to for nutrition. You know, there are amazing coaches out there for that. I would far rather refer them to those people that are actually experts in those areas. So if I've gotten you super excited about either starting or growing the business that you currently have, stay tuned. I have such big things coming up. It's that program that I mentioned. So the build your business in a box, that's not what it's going to be called. I have better names than that. But this is truly going to help you build your business from scratch. If you have an existing business, this is going to help you up your social media game so that you can actually get paid and make a living wage. Not only that, but like make a really damn good wage. So with that, stay tuned. Send me a message on Instagram if you need that information ASAP. That'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm so, so, so excited for it. And if you're feeling up to it, leave a rating and a review. That helps me so much. And it helps me to get found by other people that might be really needing and wanting this advice. You can go to iTunes, leave a rating and review, and you'll be entered to win a giveaway for a free training plan. Thanks so much, and see you next episode.